G'day everyone, it's your good pal Matt here, bringing you another episode I'm sure you will love. This episode, I caught up with an old uni friend of mine, Shara Rose. Shara is an up-and-coming singer-songwriter trying to make her mark in the industry. We spoke about her passion towards music, moving interstate to follow her dream, and her near-death experience after being diagnosed with endometriosis. Shara has such a bubbly and quirky personality. If you'd like to check out her music, look up Shara Rose on Spotify or Instagram. Really hope you enjoyed this app. As always, I absolutely love yous. One, two, three, four. G'day and welcome to the Matt and Mates podcast. Join me as we share some stories from some old and new mates. Shara, how are you going? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm excellent. How, <laughs> how's things over in Sydney? Just gone through a heat wave. Is that right? Yes. Yes, we have, which is amazing because, you know, I'm from Perth. So I'm used to the hot, dry weather and it's been hot and amazing. So I'm very happy. I hate the rain. So, you know, the humidity so really here I'm changing. still not used to. I haven't got, gotten used to it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um. I wanted to get you on because you've had a bit of a career change from last time I saw you in person. And that was, geez, last time I seen you, that would have well and truly four or five years ago, probably more than that. Yeah, like 20, 2019 maybe, 2018. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's sometime where you, where you have that history back at uni, just studying the same degree and having yeah. those mutual friends in between us. So. I've got probably very fond memories of us on our, uh, what was it, our little getaway we went after we all graduated. There's about nine or ten of us. Yeah, down south. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, stayed, we stayed in that weird barn looking thing. It was it was just really, really <laughs> weird concept. But it was, We did. It was, it was like good, a yeah. barn that was had like, and those bunk bed things we had, all that, all those little bunk beds yeah. all... I remember it these the like weird bunk beds. Room. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, we made literally. it work, but it was a bit strange with 10 people in a little barn still. <laughs> um, I remember you teaching today, me how to kick a footy properly. That's the one thing I remember. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did have the footy out for a while. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I've taught you something in it your did. life already, so that's perfect. Um, <laughs> I'll get you going for today is... You've got that. You've kept, you've had a bit of a career change in your life. Uh, become a bit of a musician, if I'm correct. Singer songwriter. Yes. 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 Correct. How has yeah. has that always been a bit of passion of yours? Yeah, forever. So exercise physiology was always the backup plan. Um, so I, you know, since I was like, since I like, it's honestly, it's the only thing I can remember me wanting to do. You know how kids are like, oh, I wanted to be like a marine biologist and like an astronaut. I was like. I want to do music forever. I used to always like um, growing up, like create like songs and dances for my family, make them all sit and watch me. And like all of them had to sit down and pay attention to my like three minute song that I had. <laughs> um, and that was what they had to do. And then growing up, I just kept doing that. And I kind of performing in front of people. And um, yeah, music was always just what I wanted to do with my life, basically. So I went to uni and got a degree. So I wasn't a struggling musician. I hate that concept of you know, a broke musician and living yep. on like, you know, no money and living can't do anything. Band. So I was like, I get my degree. Yeah, no, I never was a fine fan of that. I like having a roof over my head and, um, you know, be able to go shopping and go on a holiday. So I went to uni and then um, but at uni, I was like, started songwriting and started gigging a little bit and then started working as an ex-fizz and then uh, met some people over here and then chuffed off over to the east. So, And yeah. here you are now. Um, Basically. Before we go into those, <laughs> before we go into all those details, because that's going to be a lot to unpack. Otherwise, that's a whole interview right there. But <laughs> um, yeah. I'd like to start with a pretty simple question, just to get a bit of a background of yourself. If you were able to go back in time to any moment in history that can be before your time, what during your time, whenever it is, when would it be? Oh, that's such a good question. Mm. 
Hmm. There's actually so many, so many times I actually would go back to. Like, I think one cool thing to see would have been, I mean, people might have conspiracy theorists think this didn't happen, but would have been when they walked on the moon. Because it would have been like, the cel- if in the parties they would have had just to celebrate, right? And actually, that idea moon, of when it actually happened of moon. like, <laughs> no, I wouldn't be, I'm not an astronaut, so <laughs> I wouldn't do that. But just the idea, because I think it would have been an amazing thing because it was so out there. And to actually be like, wow, that actually became like closer. Because I mean, yeah. I love, so I love going outside and like, star watch stargazing i just think that's i love it like we'll we're our way on tour and like out in the bush you've, you've and moved to the opposite the city stars are insane. you really can't do that at. <laughs> you go out regional new south wales there's heaps of stars and we literally like get out of the car and like we're like look at the stars and i just think it just amazes me so that's one thing i definitely would have been cool to see and i think just in general like um in that kind of like 20s period where all the dancing and like I'm a dancer as well so that all of that period we yeah. are like just go and like dance and just go like that would have been such a cool period to be part of as well so um that's what I can think of off of my head yeah it's something that we really we all <laughs> know about but we never actually saw it and literally yeah and it's so normal now and it's like oh yeah whatever whatever yeah well let's let's take it go back a step so back to you you are a WA girl, born and bred here. Whereabouts are you originally from? Um, so I was born in Fremantle. Frio girl, right. Yeah. 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 I'm not and a Fremantle girl. I'm a West that... Coast supporter. So don't get that wrong. <laughs> I mean, we could say WA, WA supporter. <laughs> Eagles. Eagles are not I... this season, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't be on your side there either. I'm free man or die, so I can't listen to all that. Yeah, I um, know. I actually do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> growing up, was it a big family you're coming from? Yes, I'm one of six kids in my family. Six. So there's a lot of us. Yep. Yep. And I'm the second oldest. How was that? So up? they're all a lot younger. Amazing. I I love it. It was never a dull moment. We always had friends, you know, always had something to do. And we've actually travelled around, all of us. We've gone to Europe for like five weeks all together. We've gone to the US and the East Coast all together. Um, we've done like Thailand all together. So like we're pretty all pretty close, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's the best. We're all very different as well, which makes things interesting sometimes. Choosing a movie to all watch together for movie night. We used to have family night every Monday night. And choosing a movie was an impossible thing. It still is impossible because nobody's ever happy because everyone has their different tastes. But, um, no, nah, it's the best. It's hard enough trying to choose a movie with just yourself, let alone six other people having an input. So, yeah, I couldn't imagine it, to be honest. Literally, literally. Plus my parents. So it's like, this is just, no, nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> just go around the same movies around, 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 around. Is there a big age, age difference between years old? <laughs> We're all three and a half years apart, all of us. Oh, wow. So it's, it's just sort of just timed perfectly between every single one of you. Pretty much. Oh, yeah, they did great. well timing it. Yeah. <laughs> so you go on to uni. That's how I know you from. Exercise physiology. Was that always sort of your plan to do ex-phys? Did you have any idea what it was when you were going into it at the time? No. You know, I so literally... Like um, the only reason... Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no one really knew what it was. It was just like, oh, sport, but human body, cool. I like, that's nice. But I didn't even do human biology in high school. Like, I didn't, I like left science. I was like, I don't like science. I'm out of here. But I did PE studies in high school. So um, yep. when I finished uni, like when I finished high school, I was like, oh, what am I going to do? I don't want to some like, you know, do music. I want to do something else. But I had something else, um, like I spoke about earlier. And so I, just like the human body and learning about it when I did PE studies. Um, and so I was like, sure, sports, science, ex-phys, let's do this. Um, first year I hated, it was so hard because I'd never done anything, right? I hadn't dissected things. I hadn't learned about anything at all. And so I knew nothing and I found it really hard. And then I was like, right, let's just do this thing and just study and um, ended up meeting a great group of people, including yourself. 
And yep. I'm really glad. I still oh, work as an expert now. And <laughs> I still work as an ex-vis now. Um, but it's it's cool because it works. Like, as you know, like working in yeah. it, like working with clients and they so appreciate it because they just have no idea how their body works until you tell them half the time, which has as, as amazed me. I'm like, how do people not know how things all happen and how to help themselves getting injured? But they really don't. And it's a super rewarding industry to be part of because you really do change people's lives um, just by the rehabbing them back to health. The biggest thing I come across in the industry is just explaining to people what it is because half the people just think we're physiotherapists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, no, or a PT. And I'm like, I did four years yep. of study. I'm not a PT. <laughs> Nothing against PTs, but. No, no, but like, I'm just, yeah, I did four years. Like, I did a university, 30 grand debt, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, and the rest. Um, but it is, it's a really rewarding <laughs> yeah. job, though. Yeah, you, you definitely get to, the moment people understand what you do and why the, what we're trying to achieve out of it yeah they start to begin to see what can sort of come from it if they follow them yeah a hundred percent and I find like I get bored so easily like I'm I'm terrible but I it's so many things happening as well like so many different injuries people come to you with all different stuff and so yeah. for me it's like constantly being stimulated which I love and like I remember leaving uni, I felt like an absolute fraud. I was like, I don't know anything. I haven't learned anything. And then you have to just do it. You take on your first client, your second client, your third client, and you're like learning so much about the body and this job on the job as well. But yeah, it's like what a few like what seven years down the track, and I'm like, it's still like it still surprises me. People being like, oh my gosh this is amazing. Like what you do is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it actually is pretty cool. My job, huh? Like helping all these people and meeting different people and hearing their stories. And we had one lady, I met her and she'd had 18 car accidents in the last four years. And I was like, first of all, we shouldn't be driving. And then second of all, like (laughs) she just had no idea what to do to help herself. (laughs) But yeah, people are amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's you come across some really interesting characters, but you, most of the time it's it's a very rewarding job, and it's awesome that you're still doing it and you're still loving it. Yeah, absolutely. After after you've done the uni, then it's how long were you in Perth before it sort of came on that you wanted to move into state? So I worked for two years. Um, I ran my own business, Exfiz Business, and I worked in the hospital doing cardiac rehab, which I loved. Um, but in that time, I had met some people over in Sydney that did music and produced. And so I was going back and forth in between working to meet these people and start writing and producing because I'd only been like me and my guitar like at like the Frio markets busking on like a Saturday, Sunday um, in this little green square they have which is awesome. And like UWA, the market's there. So I've just been like kind of doing like little yep. gigs like this and um, enjoying it and then writing in my bedroom, just songs that I was writing and no one else heard them. And so, so going all going to on like while you're a at studio. Uni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was at uni, I was doing all of that and just like getting better and like at my craft and like learning more guitar and getting better at my voice and just like training for when I finished basically and yeah so I worked for two years and then in that time I went over and met with um a guy over here who just believed in my music he just was like you have something like let's do some work and um just recorded my first song with me and I was like this is amazing and I came back and forth for a little bit until I was like you know what let's just full steam ahead um and go for it so I moved over in 2019 in the middle of a heat wave over here it was so hot it was unbelievable and they I just kind of kept working and figuring out my sound and figuring out more what was me me as an artist and me as a writer and I wrote a lot and yeah it was like really full-on a thing to do because away from my family away from my job I had a great job in Perth and I was like nah I'm going, I'm going. I had to get a new job here and 
Sydney's a different beast. I love this place so much, but it's so different to WA. Is there any reason why everybody do the same thing in Perth? I think it was just the industry in Perth. Country pop, which is my style, isn't really a, I guess, thriving music genre. It's more like the rock and like funk and like screamo and like that kind of like really alternative kind of music Perth's really about. Every kind of state has their own thing going on. Um, So Queensland and New South Wales is very like country pop folk, that kind of like acoustic vibe. And they have a lot more opportunities and like producers that work with that kind of music over here. And so I didn't know anybody in Perth and I was like, I don't know where to go. And so meeting this guy in Perth, I mean, in Sydney, who was a mutual friend of mine, I was like, well, this is a contact. I'll I'll take it, you know, I'll take it because it's someone that I know here. And in this industry, it's all about connections. Um, It's very, very hard to walk in somewhere and be like, hi, you know, listen to my music. That's not a fun space to be in. So, um, yeah, met him and he was like, I like your stuff. Let's do some work. So I was like, great. That's amazing. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I hated leaving cause I love Perth and my family's all over there and it like sucked and I almost came back so many times, <laughs> like so many times over here and I was just like, I'm so lonely and this is horrible. And I don't want to be here, but I suck it out and I'm glad I did now. Um, yeah. but yeah, Perth is always going to be home. It's always going to feel like home, but, um, yeah. The move was worth it, I think. You had to bet on yourself, didn't you? Yeah, it was kind of like those moments where it's like, okay, I've definitely done this. Like I've gone to uni, like I love this place, but it was like it's time for me to do my music now and like do it full, full on and like really just let's go. Let's just try this and see if it works. You know, I always have my backup plan of exfiz there, but it was like, all right, you know, I have opportunity come up. I'm all about taking opportunities when they come up. and so. Yeah, I just did it. And was it something that happened that uh, you knew you were going to be there long term or was it more of a I may just be here for a year, it could be two years, or was it just I'll just do this until I know I've hit what I wanted to hit? I think it was for me I always knew um, Sydney was just bigger. You know, there's just a lot more happens in in the industry, entertainment industry over here. There's like, it's film, there's more music, there's more festivals, there's just more events happening in the music industry. And I kind of was like, I'm probably not going to come back because I don't know how I could be in that vibe. Unless I hated it, but I kind of knew I would love it, you know? Um, and so I was like, I probably don't know how I could go back and then go back and forth. It would be too hard. So I definitely had it like, okay, like I'm out, like time for me to go. Um, but I almost came back uh a year later because I was just exhausted by Sydney but I stuck it out again and yeah ended up being ended up being pretty good (laughs) that's good I'm glad you're still over there is it (laughs) when you when you said you you were thinking about moving back were there just certain moments that's that came up that wanted you to that pretty much not that you were giving up, but getting you to the point of going, no, I just can't do this anymore. Was it a certain pinpoint moments or was it just more of just not having that support around you like you did at home? Yeah, well, that was a big part because my family and I were so close, right? And so like not having, living by myself for the first time, I'm a people person and I struggled being alone. Like I did not like being alone at home. I, I need to be stimulated by people and I just didn't have the time because I was working five days a week doing exfits here and it was a mobile job so I was driving like hours and hours a day because in Sydney driving so you have Perth everything's like 20 20 30 minutes away and normally travels further than that for anything here it's like that's an hour so everything's like an hour away and so I'm like spending all this time driving in the traffic and trying to figure it out seeing clients like learning a new job and I was just like this is crazy and then on the weekends I because no one knew me over here. I was like, I've got to just get my name around the place. So I got my manager to book me solid. So I was gigging for like four hours every weekend at a time. So four hours one day, three hours on the Sunday. And by myself, getting paid like 50 bucks for like all this time, lugging all my gear 
just me, like my speakers, my music stand, my mic stand, my um, guitar, my bag, and like shuffling along by myself at these festivals and playing to nobody. Like nobody, they're like, I'm like, finish a song and nobody claps. And I'm like, okay, there's nobody here. Like it was hard. And that was every weekend for like almost like the whole year. And I was just like, kept going and just kept trying to get more gigs. But my, my run sheet was huge. Like the places I had played, all just like festivals and markets and events and garden like festivals and farmer's market. It was just everywhere I could get my hands on. I was playing and um, yeah, it was full on. And the thing that made me stay was uh, that October. So it'd been like nine months of me doing this and just getting nowhere um that October I got a call from a venue to open for Kiki D so Kiki D sang with Elton John you know don't go breaking my heart I won't go breaking your heart that song that's her song and um I got the music in me I got the music in me that song so she said that's her stuff and so they got this call like did you want to open for her and I was like what are you serious and they're like yep and so I did this gig so and then cool. from there it was like all these venues were like, come and play. We'll pay you 300 bucks. And I'm like, amazing. Come play. We'll pay you 400 bucks. And I was like, okay, okay, this is good. This is good. I met a guitarist as well. He came and helped me. So I wasn't by myself all the time, lugging all my gear around and like talking to myself. He was there to help me. We started gigging together, doing some writing together, and it all kind of just stopped getting better and better and better. And, um, yeah, it kind of helped me stay. But it was a long, like, nine, ten months where I was just like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, that is the example of just sticking with it and just waiting for the rewards to come in. So well done on doing that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there's no such thing as an overnight success. You know, they always say, like, that artist was an overnight success. I'm like, that artist has played to a room with one person in it and they have had to wait and play there for three hours because they were getting paid. Like, there's no such thing. Um, I really learned that, yeah. But it worked, right? The method of me playing everywhere worked because my run sheet was huge so I could go to any venue and be like, hey, I'll come play. Hey, I'll come play. I'll come play. So, yeah, it was great. (laughs) <laughs> that's good yeah i'm expecting the same for what i'm doing here at the moment like i i wanted this to take off somewhere but i'm only expecting friends or family to watch this i'm not expecting it to go to <laughs> thousands and thousands of downloads right off the bat so <laughs> hopefully this episode takes hey the off, more you, know, you get you... the more views <laughs> hopefully <laughs> i have a new song coming out so i'll be like hey guys look at my podcast <laughs> <laughs> Don't release it just yet, but we'll, we'll bring that up in a moment. Uh, no, that's that's great. So your family and all that, definitely really supportive, friends supportive towards you. Have you built a bit of, uh, created like your own life over there now? Have you got like a good space of support there where you are? Well, my family actually moved over here during COVID, oh, have they? by the way. So yeah, so my brother and my sister came first for her job. She got a job opportunity over here and she was like, all right, I'm going to go. And then my brother came for his sport and then my um, parents were like, you know what, our kids are probably all going to end up over east for the things they want to do. Let's let's just go. And they all left and followed me. It was great. Um, so that was really, really the trend. cool. And yeah literally just everyone over east it was awesome um and then yeah I've got really good friends here now um which is massive because having people in your world is really important but it's actually really hard sometimes because when you don't go to uni and you work alone essentially it was like where do you go to meet people like what do you do and so I just started trying new things to try and like make some friends and I actually met this great bunch of people up on the central coast, I went and did a dive course up on the central coast, which is like a good hour from Sydney. Yeah. And I met this great group of young people who were like all my age and they all lived in the same um, suburb as me in Sydney, which was wild because we were on the central coast and Sydney's huge. And they're like, yeah, we live where you live. Like one girl lived across the road from me. And I was like, that's crazy. And so I have this, made this group of friends and um, 
just kind of yeah doing things like that meeting people which you have to do as an adult otherwise it's like how do you make friends like as an adult it's not actually as easy as you think it is sometimes oh no no not at all are you have are you always been like an extroverted person always yeah i'm like always this people person and i need people like i don't like like i'm always always like busy 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 i need like a couple hours downtime then i'm good to go again you know like i can't sit around and do nothing i have to be always doing something or thinking something or planning something um which is good because i pretty much to have two full-time jobs essentially with what i'm doing um so yeah having no friends was really tough like i had a couple people obviously like that were close to me and um, doing music and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I needed to find some more. And I was like, where are they? How do I meet them? Like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I've always had uni friends or school friends or things like that, you know? Yeah, it's a lot tougher being an adult trying to get out there because, yeah, most of mine have been school, uni or sport. <laughs> like, <laughs> what else can you possibly yeah, do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I'm not a sport person. So I was like, I can't play a sport. I don't give me like a ball to kick. Or, I mean, now you taught me so I can kick a football, but yeah, I'm not, you as you would know, I'm not a sporty person. Like hand-eye coordination is just not happening. I can dance. I'm a, I'm a dancer, but like put something like a racket or a ball on my hand. I'm like, I'm not, it's not going to be good. So I couldn't join a team because I was like, I'll get kicked off or like they'll hate me or like they'll be bad and I'll ruin all the games. So it wasn't an option for me. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you stuck with what you did then. <laughs> yeah. And the music side of stuff. So when did you release your first song? You've released a couple now. The first one you went down, mm. um, what was the name of it again? So it was actually called Rewind and it was in 2019. Yeah, yeah. So I actually put that one out and then I had another one that came out. It was like a year later. But you actually can't find them anymore. Yeah, I'd notice that. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was I was working with some people that I wanted to like, you know, I want to do this music thing like, you know, eventually full time. This is my main thing I'm doing. And I didn't really know what kind of sound I wanted. I didn't really know. I was like, all I've done is play with my me and my guitar and like a small band here and there in Perth. I didn't do any production. I had no idea what I was doing. And so walking into a studio with some producers that didn't know me, because obviously I just met them, they just kind of produced these songs as they thought would sound good. And they were great, like good songs, good, but they just weren't my vibe. But I didn't really realise that until about two and a half, three years later when I was actually had been in the studio for a bit, had been like writing and kind of recording more. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is not my sound. Like, this doesn't resonate with me anymore. And I kind of went into this more acoustic storytelling country pop thing. Um, Like old Taylor Swift vibes, you know, like just country, but with that pop element. Um, And so with that, it kind of didn't make sense to have these really poppy kind of like R&B songs on my like playlist on Spotify and things it would be like what is this person doing like why is she changing genres song to song so I made the really really hard call to take those songs down and just start afresh in a sense and during that time I was really trying to like just figure out who I was as an artist and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to say because I was like I don't just want to make music for no reason I want to have a reason why I'm doing this and so my reason I kind of found was to provide some hope to people and to tell stories that are relevant so that people know they're not going through something by themselves they're going through something and they can sing songs that they are feeling the same thing or that gives them some sort of like oh this is such a good song for me to listen to because it gives me that hope that I need because music is so powerful like I have been in that many situations that oh, yeah. you're just like frustrated with things that are going on in life and you and you play a song and it's talking about your situation you're like Yes, and you can scream and cry and sing it in the car or you're really happy and you can play that song and just feel really good and it's all about what you're feeling. And I'm like, I want to make music that's like that, actually saying something, telling a story, spreading some hope, spreading a good message. Um, and that's kind of the direction I took. It took a long time to get there, a lot of conversations and journaling and trial and error. But where I'm at now, especially right now, I think is the most 
comfortable with the genre and like message I've ever been. So my first song actually that you can find is called Hold On, which has its own story in itself. I, I have seen <laughs> um, it on and there, then, but I swear yeah. to God there was another. That's why yeah. I couldn't find Rewind. <laughs> yeah. I remember you shared it. I remember you actually shared it on your story, yeah. um, my first song. But, yeah, it's not there anymore. If you bought it, if you actually purchased it back then because you could purchase music, you will still have it, but you can't stream it anywhere. Just pointing out that I didn't purchase your music. I'll take that. No one buys music anymore anyway. I've never bought, I haven't bought any songs in like five years because what's the point? It's all free now. Exactly. So was it sort of yes. pushed? Well, to... I get, I get 0. Point, sorry, I get 0.002 cents per stream, just so you know. That is the level artists get paid from streaming. You're yeah. just making bank then, aren't you? It's like the industry is whack now with that like with that whole situation of streaming. It's like I think I made like four dollars on my song. <laughs> oh my god, wow. Oh, it's better than nothing. It cost four grand to record it, but I got like four bucks, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> um just just coming back a moment, the when you mentioned that you switched switched genres. Were you sort of pushed to that original one that you were going down, the like R&B pop type vibe? Yeah, yeah. It definitely was a um, we think this is good for you and so you should do this. Um, okay, yeah. To a fault of my own as well because I really didn't, I didn't know. Like my, the, the brief I gave was like, sure, I'll do pop. Like what I, genres are so uh, anyway you know it's like everyone swaps and changes but I was like yeah sure pop's my thing but I had no say into how anything was produced with those songs because I didn't know what I was doing I had no idea what even like to say I was like I don't know how you produce music and going back and doing it all over again if I could I would definitely like do more research and like be in the studio with other artists and like see how it actually all happened because I just went in going let's record a song and they did it all for me and what they thought was good and I felt very intimidated with these people because I was like this rookie Perth girl who had just flown over and had never set foot in a studio and um, no one knew me here and I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And I got actual writer's block for like a good long like amount of months because yeah, I was just right. like, I'm not good enough to be here. They're all like really proficient writers, amazing writers. They were just so quick. They'd write a song in like a couple of hours and I was like, I can't be like, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this. And I just myself out completely. It was terrible. Um I remember the feeling of just being like, I don't want to be in this room because I look like an absolute rookie. But it was like I was allowed to be a rookie, you know. And I didn't give, not give myself that chance oh, yeah, to be definitely. like, I'm allowed to be a rookie. Yeah, I, I just got here. I'm This is my first time with producers. But I think it was just that space wasn't there for me to kind of learn and like figure it out. It was like, let's go, song, 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 song. And it was just like, oh, okay, I'll go and record it this now. It was just now. more intimidating, but, if anything. Yeah, yeah. It just it wasn't my sound. It just didn't fit. And so I think that's what led to like a couple of these songs being, there's only two songs that were actually done, but I was just like, I can't, when you have songs out, you have to promote them and you have to sing yeah. them when you go to gigs. And I was like, I just don't want to do these songs anymore because they're just not me at all. And so I was like, it's just not going to, I have to take them down. Do you reckon that's most artists these days, just when they're releasing their music, they have been pushed to do it and they don't actually feel a real passion towards it? I think if people that work with people that don't give them the space, 100%. A lot, a lot of artists now are independent and so like it's a big push now because of the whole streaming issue. Labels... I mean, it's not everything anymore. You know, it used to be like, oh, I want to get signed. I want to get signed. I want to get signed. And it's still a value, but you have to be really careful with what the deals you take because some labels, they'll take everything. They take, they, you know, they get a cut of everything that yeah. you do. And it's like, that's not the way it should be. You know, that's, I don't think that's right to get everything. It's like percentages and things like that and doing a deal that's fair 100%. But 
if you don't know what you're going into, then if you you don't know, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like unless someone teaches you and educates you of what to ask for and what you want to do, you got no idea. So it's like I'm definitely open to like sure getting signed, but I'll be very careful the deals I take because I have learned from conversations with other artists and producers and people that have been in labels and I've been out of labels and it's like I've heard the horror stories of all of this stuff and being in studios and the start of a music career for a lot of artists is like that it's like I had no idea what I was doing I was pushed to this I was pushed to this and they figure it out eventually but it takes time that's for sure but I'm like I'm glad I learned that then I'm not I was like all like happy oh it's all good and then now I'm like oh crap I have all these songs I don't like it was like I learned quickly because I really was just like, this is not me. It's not sitting right. I, I can't gig these songs. <laughs> it's not something you're going to be known for. Yeah. I was like, this isn't just like, I can't write like this, you know? Like, and I was getting, I was getting writer's block, I think, because I was like, I can't write like this. I can't write these songs like this. It's not suiting me at can you, all. Can you just explain um, writer's block? And that was just because I didn't have it. Writer's block, it, it literally feels like your mind is in jail like and like there's this like world out here like creative world out here full of music but you can't actually access it so you know it's there but you actually can't like get there it's just like these bars or walls yeah, okay it's like these walls around you and so like you know you hear songs like i could write a song like that i could do it but it's like i just can't like nothing's happening like the amount of times I like sat at my lips. guitar because I always write with my, my guitar. Yeah, it's just like I can't get like it's not there's no music in there right now. And it drove me like crazy because I was like, I need to write music. But I didn't want to have people write for me. And like, that's all I did. I was like, I have things I can say. I need to say them. But I just can't find the words to say them or how it should sound. I just it was horrible. It was like a good year. I just could not write a song. I kept trying, trying, trying. And I was like, I can't write a song. It was my own, yeah. my own insecurity. It wasn't anyone else. It was my own insecurity of me being like, I'm not good enough to be here. I'm not good enough to be here. I'm so young and inexperienced. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. They can write better for me. They should just write me a song. But that's not what I wanted. It was just the thought process and mentality that how, that how let me down. How do you something like that? Well, that actually leads into a whole other story. Um, which was a very defining moment in my life and career. So that was a good couple of years where I was like recording, gigging and writing. And yep. then I actually, during COVID, um, got diagnosed with endometriosis, which is a disease that one yep. in seven women, which is insane, one in seven women in Australia get this disease. And it's where like the uterus lining grows outside the uterus in like the body and it's like chronic pain oh like horrific stuff and I had two full-on surgeries and it was the second surgery that pretty much changed my whole perspective on everything I was doing because they had misdiagnosed me three times probably and the hospital system that I was in was shocking they had me on morphine just like left me in like a recliner chair for three days thinking I had nothing wrong with me and I was internally bleeding um because I had a cyst burst and it was like left blood all in me and they were like no nothing's wrong with you and I was like I need obviously like I'm in like so much pain I'm like seeing this recliner chair for three days like nobody was helping me it was horrific 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 Anyway, that happened, that surgery happened. I was in recovery and then about two months later I had another surgery and I was just like in this space where I was like, what is my life? Like what is happening? And I was thinking a lot just about everything I was doing about like writing music and I was like, I'm going through this whole situation. Like surely I can write about this, right? Like surely there's something I can say about this situation that I can get some sort of words out of me, but it still wasn't happening. And then my second surgery I had, they left me by myself for five days and they I had an eight centimeter cyst on my right ovary which is the size of baby's head on my right ovary 
and they had to that actually twisted and it because it twisted it was leaking all of the blood and everything into me again so it was like pretty much happening again and they didn't they left me they were like we can't operate on you because it's COVID and all our regulations and I was like what is wrong with you people like you have to do something so after another after another day then they're like oh you have COVID and I was like no I don't but I was like in this hospital for a day I was like probably because I'm in the hospital like what do you want from me and they're like we can't operate on you and I was like you have to up this this eight centimeter cyst is like twisted completely I'm in so much pain we had to fight with the hospital it was horrific and long story short they end up operating on me but because they waited so long I ended up getting like a raging infection and then when I woke up from the surgery they the doctor came and he was like by the way because they left you for so long you almost got septicemia which is blood poisoning so like another day we don't know if you would be here and I was like okay cool that's wild um and that actually happened to so many girls because yeah literally literally and I was like telling them I was like I'm in so much pain like you have to do something they were like you have COVID we can't touch you and I was like what why it was just it was ridiculous like I've never I've never been so angry in my whole life um but yeah so it happens with so many girls because they get left like I did or they go, go home, you're just mm. being silly, you're just being dramatic. And, like, people die from this because they're just, like, negligence. It's just amazing how this is still a problem. Anyway, so I wake up from my surgery, get told that, and I'm like, radio. And then I get left in the hospital for five days. And they didn't they had to put, like, full hazmat suits on to come and see me. They just, like, left me in a room by myself. They're like, you have COVID, we can't touch you, we can't wash you after surgery. So I was, like, gross. I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink, and they didn't know what was wrong with me. I oh, could not eat for like three days. And then they realized, they're like, oh, we did a blood test after three days. We'll do a blood test. And I'm like, oh, wow, you have a raging infection. And I was like, no wonder. So, like, it was just the most worst care ever. But anyway, by myself for five days, I was miserable. And but I was, remember lying there. And I remember lying there and being like, what could be worse than this situation? Like, all of this stuff, all of this like intimidation, all of this like mind blocking, like all of this stuff, I was like, that's all like this big compared to like what I've just gone through like the last few months. And as I was lying there, I remember looking over at the window and it was like dumb o'clock, like in the night, I couldn't sleep. And the sun was coming up and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be okay. I ate a piece of bread. <laughs> I remember that. the first thing I ate for like three days was a piece of bread. And I wrote a song sitting in that hospital bed. I wrote a song for the first time in like a couple of years, probably a year or so. And it was because of that. It was literally that point of me going, I have so much I can say. And this is such a small problem compared to this situation so i have to write a song about this so i did and it's, then it's there, great that you, you notice so, that because yeah. usually in those moments they can go down two paths you either just continue to feel sorry and worse about yourself and you just dig that hole even deeper to the point that but most people just get depressed and that's it really uh but you're able to do yeah. that moment of that realization of well I can actually make something else out of this situation. I can think of another route out of it. And that's exactly what you did. You changed your mind frame and all of a sudden look where you are. Yeah. And it was amazing because going through that experience of having Endo, the song that like came out of that whole situation, well, there's a few songs actually, but the song I sing when I'm away and I've been touring with other artists since then, which has been amazing. So Jason Owen and Tanya Koenigan are two artists I've been on tour with. I opened for their show and they let me do yep. my own music, which is even better. And I sing this song, Hold On, which is the first song I released since that time. And I talk about this problem and the amount of people, that girls that come to me after the show and they're like, oh my gosh, like, thank you so much for like giving us a voice and like sharing your story. And it's like, people have been like crying in my arms, hugging me 
people messaging me on Instagram, like, thank you for this song and like sharing your story because it's a problem that is not talked about enough. It's been talked about a lot more in the last couple of years, which has been really cool. But it was like out of that, my whole messaging came alive because I was like, I'm giving people hope and I'm telling them my story, which they can relate to. And it was just, I found my thing now, you know? So as horrible as that situation was, and I would not relive it ever again if I could, but it was, it just led me down this whole path where I was like, okay, this is actually happening. Like I'm actually doing this. And I figured out my why and my reason and it just snowballed from there. And I got asked to be like at the Endo Australia event. I got asked to come and share my story and sing and everyone was crying and I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And yeah, it was really, really cool. And I just kept kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and I just haven't stopped. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. You've you've honestly just found a negative situation and just found all the positives to come out (laughs) of it. So kudos to you on being able to do that. (laughs) <laughs> I think you have to otherwise you get in a hole and I don't like that situation I wouldn't want to be in a hole I've been there where you're just like everything sucks I hate this everything sucks and I'm like nothing good comes out of there and it's hard to get out of it and that's why it's like I write songs like hold on another song I have purpose it's about people that are in a hole and it's like hey there's so much more to life like you'll find another way out just keep going keep pushing get people around you it's like that whole thing so if I can help anybody do that that will be a good thing this just takes one person just to tell you yeah hopefully and your latest song holding on give us that one how you're doing some tours for that at the moment yeah so hold on actually was oh my gosh it might be might be two years ago now might be two years that one came out two years ago and I had a video that came with it that was like pretty much footage from that whole journey um, which is pretty, like, it was really hard to put together because it was like, oh, my gosh, we're living all of these terrible, horrible, crappy moments and we had a walk and horrific, but super powerful to people, which has been really cool. But then I I had a song come out last, oh, this, I'm sorry, this, I think it was April or May, called Coming Home. So Hold On came out when I started that tour last year with Jason Owen. Yep. And we toured for a whole year. And he's amazing. He's, like, amazing voice amazing guy just so funny and down to earth and great um I was very 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 lucky to meet him and then I got on a tour with Tanya Kernigan who's huge country music name and I opened for Jason Owen Tanya's they did a joint show and I did my new song coming home which came out in April on their tour which did really really well um, which is super fun. And then I have a new song coming out in two weeks. Well, whenever this airs, basically 8th of October. And that's called Four Chords Song, which is another country pop one. That, and I wrote that. It just shows how much writer's block isn't a thing anymore because I wrote that three weeks ago and it's coming out in two weeks' time. So it's like the writing's happening, you know, <laughs> which is back great. On it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it feels so good. Like I've got different people around me too and they love – the way I write, which is even better. And just, yeah, very, very um, cool situation and cool people I've met recently that are very talented and, and really support me in, like, good good for my creative side, So, which has been really, really nice to have. Is there a story behind Coming Home? Yeah, Coming Home, it's kind of about how you can make home anywhere. So I actually wrote it a while ago, but it only got released in April. And it's just all about how home, like when I moved from Perth to Sydney, it was like I had to make home here. I didn't have anyone around me, but it was like things that feel like home, you know, have people that support you. It helps you feel at home. So that's what that's about, which is really cool. Um, And it's gone really well. And I got the music video done as well um, and that got on CMT, which is like MTV for country music, which was very exciting. Yep. And I got like a bunch of radio interviews and the country music world really kind of welcomed me in that song. That was my first proper country pop song. Old On was a bit more poppy, but Coming Home is like full country. Um, and I love it. I love it so much. 
Who would you compare yourself to, like, uh, music-wise, artist-wise? Artist-wise? Who, the kind of music I want to make right now is, like, country music, like Marin Morris, old, T- old Taylor Swift, Kelsey Ballerini, like, that kind of vibe. And, like, songwriting, like, telling stories. I hope to be, like, Ed Sheeran, that kind of vibe. Like, they're kind of artists that I kind of look for yeah. and the different things they can do and the different way they write. They're kind of artists that I'm kind of, like, listening for. Um, but, like, I want to be as cool as Keith Urban. <laughs> but Keith Urban. he's so much cooler than me. <laughs> Setting the bar high. I just want to have, I just want to have, like, the coolness that he has. I'm like, I'm not cool. I'm quirky. I actually had this, like, I was really bad on he stage comes at first. Like so I was like, dad. I can't talk in between my songs. Yeah, he's awesome. But I was like, you know how people are funny on stage and like they have these yeah. like, like they're funny and they tell jokes. I'm like, I'm not funny. I'm not. I don't have that ability to be funny. I'm just quirky or I'm just weird. But I've just like lent into that where I'm just like quirky. Things go wrong. I'm like laughing at myself, and it's actually worked. So I was like, the cool thing, I can't, I can't do it. I can't be cool and like suave and like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like Keith Urban. I'm like Taylor Swift. You're just Swift. gonna come with what that's natural to you, really. <laughs> and if that works, that works. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. And I think it works. People laugh at me on stage. They laugh with me though, which is the whole point, right? And that's it's like, the important thing. I'm just honest. I'm just myself. Yeah, yeah. But I think I realized. You have to be genuine because people will see it, first of all. They'll see if you're being fake. And second of all, it's way too hard to keep keep doing that forever. Like eventually you'll just be like, I can't, I'm too exhausted to be this other other e- alter ego kind of thing. It's like no one has time for that. I don't know why artists do it. It's too much it's too much it's already enough work doing music, plus like having a whole like persona that's not you. I'm like, no thanks. I'll just be my quirky self and tell my story. People can laugh with me. That's good. Yeah. Just keep being you. And that's all, that's all you can really say. And the tour you have coming up. So is that based in just New South Wales? Yeah. So I'm on tour next weekend with Jason Owen and he's on this new tour, which is the hits called hits from home and he's doing all New South Wales. But my thing I'm putting together now is because I've been supporting all these shows, like support acts. So I open the show for the artists and I come back yep. and like do duets with them later on, um, which is I, I've been so, so blessed. Like I'm so, so blessed to be on these tours with these guys and like learn so much. Like you learn like in x like you go from prac to like real world when you're getting paid. That's what tour is like. Yep. Like, you know, you're doing like things by yourself. Like, all, all, this is all you know. Cool. This is what things like, songs I do. This is all I know. Then you go to like a tour where you work with other people, working with a band, working and like selling your own merch, meeting people. Like I have learned so much and I can like see the difference in my performance from before these tours to now. I'm like, wow, it's been such a gift. So now I'm looking at doing my own stuff and like headlining my own shows next year and putting like I'm also a professional dancer and putting these like two worlds together to do my own kind of thing because again it's like being authentic to yourself right so I'm like let's make something really different but like super entertaining quirky like me and just like why not put these two worlds together and make something different so that's kind of what I'm working on at the moment um to the end of the year pretty much and I've got some dancers because I've been in companies over here dancing so i met some people and they're like i want to be part of it and i'm like okay yeah yeah so um i have some really great dancer friends who i've met in these companies and they are just on board which is awesome so kind of building my own little team right now my own little band and my own dancers and i'm like so excited because i think it'll work and i'm putting an album out hopefully early next year as well my yeah thank you um but yeah i think i'm putting an album out so putting like a little ep of five songs um i'm just telling my story so it's it's a very creative time but it's very 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 exciting at the moment you'll look back at this in another 10 years time and you'll just see all the time and effort you put into how big you've gotten like it, it'll just be something great <laughs> to reflect back on Hopefully. <laughs> yeah well just i think that's why i journal away. everything i'm a big journaler <laughs> yeah and I think, like, I journal everything, so I'm like, I don't want to forget. 
I don't want to forget, but I'm so about like living in the moment, but I'm so like, you know, I have those stadiums in my head, you know, I have the, I think you have to, if you want to do this. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just want to, I can see it in my head, but I'm like, okay, that's the goal. That's where we're going to, that's where we're heading to. But I'm also big on like performing now, like you would, if you had that big stage. So it's like, every time I go out, I'm like, I'm performing the same as I would if I had a stadium, even though I have a smaller room of a hundred people, that's still a hundred people that came out to listen to us play music. They like, they deserve to see a great show. And so I think you have to be like that and honor where you're at and then live in the moment. But then hopefully, like you said, like that, that's the goal to do it and to travel the world and see all these wonderful places and play to all these wonderful people. It'd be pretty cool. Yeah, well, I'm I'm the exact same boat to be honest. Like I'm just starting off here. I don't I don't expect this to go off anytime soon. But the one thing that I keep looking at is I have to spend more time focusing in the moment and going where I am right now. Just keep doing it because the more and more you do, the better you get. The better you get, you start to see the bigger picture, and all of a sudden the viewers go on all of that. I've listened to so many different podcasts. And I go, I just want to be there. I want to be doing that. But then you realize they didn't get there just from that. They did exactly what I'm doing right now and built themselves up slowly. And now they're at that stage. 100%. And the thing is now, I think, in the social media era, is that it's anyone's game anymore. That's what I've realized. I'm like, you get these artists and these people that literally are found from a song they put on TikTok and now they're like, selling music and I'm like okay it's anyone's game all you need is like a couple of hits and you could just be there same as you like yeah. you get a couple people like love your videos and it's like wow this guy's awesome like this content's great let's just listen to all of these and then they tell their friends oh, and then it you. just expands it's not like it used to be <laughs> absolutely and it's like yeah it's it's anyone's game anymore as long as you like believe in it and like they say like manifesting like you just you're just seeing it in your head and anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. Anything can happen. You might even get to write a song out of this. Who knows? <laughs> hey, you know, inspiration comes from everywhere. I'm telling you, it's everywhere. No, Shara, that's, that's great. So I guess the other thing is like, obviously every tour going on, but what's the big plan? What's, what's the major future you see going forward from here? From here, it's headlining my own shows and then selling that. And then no one really knows, like, this industry at the moment, I think, because it's, like I said, it's blown wide open. But it's um, just playing more and more gigs and just getting bigger and bigger and bigger rooms. And then I've realised as well, like, I haven't put much music out because I've, I was going through this whole situation where I couldn't write and like that. But now I'm like let's put some serious music out. Like let's put a lot of music out. And now I think I can do that because I'm writing so much as well. And I like put a song out in April and I got a song out in two weeks time. I'm like, that was like not even a year turnaround. But previously it was like every year I put one song out and I'm like, let's go. Like let's just put some music out and just go hard and promote the heck out of it on Instagram, which honestly is really exhausting sometimes but a necessary situation and hopefully get a bunch of my followers and people like my stuff and they want to hear me and they want to play live and they want to hear my music and you know bigger and bigger rooms more and more music just keep doing it and I love it so it's easy to do that it's easy to do something that you love right as long as you keep loving it and that's the important thing it'll just it'll take off from there just keep having that passion Yeah, definitely. I have to. I I, like anyone who's a creative knows like you can't stop it. You know, it's like my brother with sport. He's like, when he can't play a footy game, like one week, he's like, I miss it so much. I'm like, that's how I feel on stage. If I'm not on stage every like couple of weeks, I'm like, I miss miss being on stage so much. I miss like entertaining people and meeting people. Like I'm shocking. Like taking time off, I'm terrible at. I took a month off in December or January. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to go now. Let's go. Like, let's go. I'm ready to go. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> My soul needs it. 
Um, thank you so much for giving us some time today to have a chat with me, go through all this. I know I'm not the biggest podcast in the world yet, but hopefully this one does bump up a few viewers for me and get a few more followers for you. So a bit of a trade-off. I hope so. I hope so. No, it's been really fun. Really, really fun. (laughs) But it's been great catching up with you as well. Uh, I promise to stay in contact and you're officially a mate of the Matt and Mates podcast. Ah, I love it. Love it. No, you're awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time and asking me. I'm honoured to do it. Thanks for listening to the Matt and Mates podcast. If you enjoyed the show and feeling generous, you can like, follow or subscribe on our socials and whatever platform you're listening on. And for those wanting to go that bit further, you can leave a review and share with your friends and family as well. If you have any recommendations on guests, give feedback or advertise on the pod, flick an email to contact at mattandmates.com.au. Stay tuned for the next episode when it drops. And as always, I love you all. Yeah. Yeah.